and welcome back to... <laughs> I'm just going to be normal. And welcome back to another episode of the Rich Inside Podcast, where every week we learn how to be happier, high performers. On today's episode, we have George Samara, who is a global winning researcher, professor at the University of AUB, and who is also a business consultant for top businesses. And this conversation was so powerful because we talked about how to not be a foolish entrepreneur, right? And it related to the analogy of Jesus, which is that the foolish man is the one who builds his house on sand. So we saw what are the wrong things to do, the wrong mindsets, the wrong strategies to have as an entrepreneur to avoid being a fool. We learned how to be a wise entrepreneur that builds his house on the rock, right? And we learned all the strategies, the mindsets, the tools you need to be a wise, sustainable, long-term, successful entrepreneur. And the beauty of this conversation is that it led into spirituality also, into faith, into Jesus, into the Bible, and how that also relate to being a, a successful human in general, but also a successful entrepreneur. And so that's the beauty of this conversation. I had a beautiful talk with George. I'm going to make this quick. I hope you enjoy this episode. You can jump along as you go and jump to the parts that you like the most. If you enjoyed it, I would ask just for one thing, subscribe. I put so much effort to, to research and to get the best guests and to just craft conversation that would bring value to you. If you would subscribe, it would mean the world to me because I'm trying to grow this into the biggest podcast in the world, in the spiritual development space. So yeah, much love and enjoy the episode. Thank you for making the time for being on the Rich Inside podcast. It's my pleasure, Fouad, and uh, hopefully we will have a very nice conversation. I'm looking forward to it. I want to learn more about you and what you do and your expertise. And as we said before, I want to try to extract as much value as possible for the audience. Uh, thank you, Fouad. So uh, <laughs> I think, uh, Yanni, you summed it uh, very nicely. I'm uh, a professor, but also not the typical professor that you encounter. Uh, I wear many hats, so uh, of course the research hat, it comes with the professorship, but also I'm heavily engaged with practitioners, I'm heavily engaged in consulting, I'm heavily engaged in other things as well, uh, as you have seen in my Instagram account, like uh, I do dancing, I do bodybuilding, and weird enough, I think everything is related to each other, so everything kind of complements each other, and you can learn from all these things. So tell me a bit more about, you said you were an athlete and a dancer. So how does that complement you as an entrepreneur? So, yeah, basically what I have uh, told you when we had like our uh, little chat before. So, for example, about failure, right? Reaching mm -hmm. failure. So in entrepreneurship, you will fail, right? You need to fail. Otherwise, you will never learn. And same thing, for example, if you uh, talk about bodybuilding, right? The most time that I saw muscle growth is when I reached muscle failure while doing mm. an exercise. So, and if you look at the analogy, right? Like, what are you doing when you are reaching muscle failure? You are squeezing yourself. You are saying, like, I cannot do it anymore. Khalas, I will fail, you know? And you are, like, in a very tough situation, right? when you are doing, for example, the squat or the bench press or whatever. Yeah. And same thing in entrepreneurship. Like you will get to a point where you will say, I'm very squeezed, you know, I cannot do it anymore. 
But if you stick to it and you survive this point in time, then you will see growth in your business and your, you know, it's, so I think there are a lot of analogies. So I think what's beautiful about this is before the podcast, you told me how you went through your own self-development journey and how you went through multiple stages. And I want, like I said before, I want this podcast to be based on the analogy of Jesus, which said that the fool is the one who built his house on sand and the wise is the one who built his house on the rock. So I want to figure out first, how does someone build his house on the rock? On the, first of all, how does he avoid building his house on sand? So being the, the foolish entrepreneur. Um, and we can maybe explore it and see your evolution also from your journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, Yanni, the most important aspect of being an entrepreneur is first willing, being willing to learn mm. and be accepting that you are an inter eternal student. So it's not that you know everything and this is the, your way is the only way. Mm -hmm. Second, and this is also uh, what one of my favorite authors, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, talks about. Mm -hmm. He says, like, in school, whenever you cheat on the exam, right, it's called cheating and it's looked at badly and all of that. In real life and in entrepreneurship, if you do things on your own, you're going to fail. And whenever you collaborate with people is when you are successful. And it's so true, man. Like, um, with all the things that I'm doing within the entrepreneurship space, I have partners. And these partners are the ones that you know, allow me, trigger me to get more ideas, trigger me to work harder. They facilitate things because I cannot do, you know, everything. I'm really bad at organizing. I'm really bad at, at several things. And they complement me in such ways that I can focus on the things that I'm strong at. So I think the foolish entrepreneur goes at it alone, thinks he knows everything, uh, is arrogant, is... Um, thinks that uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be successful. So he holds himself or herself in a very high regard. But the wise entrepreneur is the one that says, I am capable and I want to do things, right? And I want to mobilize all my network, mobilize all my resources, continue to learn in order to be successful. So this is the process. And this kind of relieves... Uh, a burden off your shoulders because you're saying like I don't care if I fail, right? So yeah, failure is good. So you're not worried anymore, right? That's so powerful what you just said because I believe that the school system puts such a stigma on collaborating together to get to an outcome. When you no know, cheating, it's not really cheating. It's more collaboration. It's more going together towards an aim. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, guys, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, talking not promoting badly about the, school, <laughs> about, about the school system. Yeah, we're not promoting. But we, what we are promoting is that, okay, you know, like academic uh, grades are important maybe for one company if you want to become an employee and not even, you know, they will look at your interview. But what's yeah. more important <laughs> is... Like the people that I've met in university and that I've collaborated with in a non-cheating matter, right? Uh, in groups, uh, people that I'm, I'm friends with. These are the people yeah. that I can count on, that I can call, you know? And this is so important. 
So it's important to, to realize for people that are listening to this that it's not a one-man show, right? It's a, it's a collaboration between so many people to create something great. Yeah, right? I mean, it can be a one-man show in the sense that you are choosing the business that you want to be in. You yeah. are believing in yourself, you know? So you have some, if you want, individual aspect to it. Yeah. But in order to to create what you have in your mind, it takes a village, it takes a community. It takes a network, like you said. Yeah, basically. Okay, that's perfect. So we covered the ground on, first of all, the foolish entrepreneur and the difference between um, thinking you know it all and having the, the humbleness to realize that you need people around you that are qualified to help you. I want to talk about self-confidence versus arrogance and how the two distinguish and your personal journey with them. Yeah, so um, it's a very interesting question, actually. And, uh, you know, everybody lives in his own bubble, kind of. Yani, yeah. Just to give you an example, right? Uh, imagine, Anna, I'm uh, studying at... Uh, XXX University, I will not say names, just to okay. not to hurt anyone, right? <laughs> so it's a middle-class university in Lebanon, right? Uh, it's, it's a good university, but it's not like uh, the top, right? And I am there, the uh, overachiever. Everybody looks up to me. My uh, professors tell me, oh my God, you are so bright, blah, 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 and all of that. And my, all my classmates tell me, please teach us, you know, like, so the typical overachiever, right? So this typical overachiever will live in his own bubble. Look, man, I'm, I'm so bright, you know, I'll be so successful. But once he gets out of this bubble of this university and goes into real life and realizes that, okay, you know, studying at home and knowing how to answer exam questions in order to get good grades is not enough. You know, it's you learned the trick on how to be good at university, but you did not learn the trick on how to, to learn in life. And this is where the humbleness comes, that life humbles you, right? The perfect example, uh, us in Lebanon with the banking sector, right? So we were living in Nirvana. Everybody mm -hmm. is happy with the interest rates, you know, like people that have money, actually. And then suddenly you have a crash. So... Everybody thought like, yeah, we are so smart, you know, we are uh, the best, blah, blah, blah. But those who were humble enough to learn from the people like, uh, for example, Dan Azzi, who was talking about this crash like for a long time before it happened. So those that are, were humble enough and were like listening, were trying to learn, you know, these are the people who actually made it. So this is why I always say like being self-confident is very important you need to have self-confidence you need to know your own worth you need to walk away from deals that do not suit you if you are working at a job that you think you are undervalued you have to have the self-confidence to say i am better than this and leave mm -hmm. the table you know that's self-confidence self-confidence is that i think i can be successful like as i don't know a bodybuilder let's say right and yeah. I will go and I will do everything to be successful as a bodybuilder. That's self-confidence. Arrogance 
is that I want to be successful as a bodybuilder and I know how to train. I don't, I don't need a coach and I don't need to listen to opposing coach or to a nutrition coach or to a muscle building coach because I'm the best. Look at me. That's arrogance, right? Mm. But self-confidence is like believing I can and I want to get any help that I can to learn, to grow, to become better. So it does take some level of egolessness and humbleness. If not, it limits your growth, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, you need to have, um, you need to manage your ego. You need to have ego because ego yeah. gives you self-confidence, right? Yeah. It gives you like, you need to know your own worth, basically. But yeah. knowing your own worth should not prevent you from learning from others because in everything, you know, you can learn a lot. Mm. I, I've so. read a, a book recently called Good to Great. Are you familiar with it? I've heard of it, but I didn't read it. They studied on, they actually studied the most successful companies that had the highest growth from good to great, right? That had the biggest leaps of improvements and of revenue. And they realized that the, the CEOs, they kind of found what were, what were the similarities between all of them. And they found the CEOs had two qualities, humble leaders. And this is what it takes, I think. What, what do you think about that? Do you agree? Man, I agree so much. And like the concept of leadership, you know, also we teach it at school and everything. But once you see it in real life, like a leader, you know, if you are an employee and you are working with a, with a certain leader, let's put ourselves in the employee shoes, right? Mm -hmm. What does the employee want? Is it a salary? The salary is he is getting it or she is getting it, right? They want personal development. They want growth. They want to become a leader. So a leader, a real leader, helps his subordinates or her subordinates, right? To achieve or to to reach the best place that they can reach with them and believes in them. And this is leadership. This is true leadership. You know, leadership is not realizing goals. Leadership is helping people self-improve. Mm. And, and how much important it is. I thought about this question because there's education at school, right? And then at university. And how much important is self-education where you read the books and listen to the podcast and watch the YouTube uh, videos? Man, YouTube first is one of the best educational materials yeah. out there. And the, the beauty of YouTube is that there are so many perspectives out there and that contradict each other that you can listen to and that you can choose and start if you are like, you know, smart enough, you can start seeing like, okay, this guy makes sense. But these guys, they don't make sense. So I listen to this group of people, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you get so many different perspectives. I've learned so much from YouTube, honestly. And uh, to your question, if we are talking about education, right? At institutions, I love education uh, at institutions. I think it's a great way for people to learn. I think it's a great way for people to network with each other. And it's a great way to create a community. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have professors, you know, that are uh, open minded, that are far from this old way of teaching, you know, like uh, put a PowerPoint and uh, just read and uh, <laughs> test the students that have you memorized this keyword. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> obsolete, you know, 
so th that's important to create community, to open conversations, to develop critical thinking of students. Yep. But again, if you graduate alongside 5,000 other people that mm. are graduating with the same degree, with the same MBA degree, let's say. So what mm -hmm. is your edge? You know, what is your edge? Your edge is your soft skills. Your mm -hmm. edge is your network. You know, so this this is so important. Self-development, reading books. Man, like I have a master's in finance. Uh, I'm trading on the stock market as well, like one of the things that I do now. So I've learned more from someone called Andy Tanner, which is a great educator. Uh, and this is on YouTube and he has like a couple of courses online and all of that. Then what I've learned at university. So at university, wow. you learn like about prices and it goes up and down and all of that. And it's great. You know, I love university. You need to have this basic knowledge, but to be special, to be more, you know, you have to put in the work. That reminds me of um, Jim Rohn. He says, um, to make a living, to make a living, educate yourself. And to, and to make a fortune, self-educate. So, Absolutely. The combination of Absolutely. both. Okay. But, but man, I just don't want to be understood wrong. Wrongly. Is that, uh, wrongly because I think education, like institutional education, is the basis. The base, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the foundation. But and then on to go top beyond... Yeah, I mm. mean, even if you see like professors at university, uh, they tell their students like, this is the minimum that we are giving you. Yes. And the, what you need to do is self-develop. So the, the kind of the foundation is your education, right? At school, at university. And then to excel is to have your self-education through books, YouTube, and everything else. Yeah, so uh, I would say there is something also that we use in research. Necessary yep. and sufficient conditions. Necessary means okay. that you need to have it. Like you cannot, like you cannot go outside uh, your home naked, right? You need to have some yeah. clothes on. So that's a, yeah. that is a necessary item. But what kind of brand do you wear, right? It's something yep. that uh, will make it sufficient. Will make it like will give you the edge. Will give you the whatever. Yani. What kind of uh, just for the analogy, right? Like, I don't care about what you're yeah. wearing, but uh, what kind of shirt you wear will give you, like, okay, he's wearing Hugo Boss, but the other one is wearing uh, Hugo Ross. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hugo Ross. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because now, especially now, the job marketing has, has become more and more competitive, especially with AI. So... Your edge comes from your soft skills, as you said. It's what gives you the, the plus, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And another thing that is important if we are talking about the job market is like, mm -hmm. man, is this something that you will go to every day, you know, for at least six to seven hours, let's say, right? You need to work in something that you like, you know? Even if you don't know what you like, like sit with yourself, take a month, you know, and figure out what is the thing that brings you happiness. Maybe it's baking cakes. Open a bakery, you know, like do something that you like and you will feel happy in your life and it brings you happiness. And we underestimate how much our jobs, you know, affect our happiness. 
Yeah, that's that's. I think it's super important to to realize that I had this in my life where, um, a month or two, three months ago, I was at a place where I had to make a decision on what to do next, and I sat down and started reflecting. And how important it is for you, because you're a business consultant too, right? How important is it for the successor to be doing it for the passion and not just for the money? Fouad, uh, so I lost you. Can, I, can you repeat, please, the question? I lost you a bit. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Perfectly. Okay. So... I was saying how important it is because I had my own period of self-reflection to figure out what is my passion? What do I want to do? Um, and it's important for people because you're a business consultant, right? Right. It's important to to see, okay, are you doing it? Is it really your passion or are you doing it just for the money? How do you figure this out? Especially for you in, in real life examples with uh, business consultants. Like, um, I will tell you, for example... Uh, about myself, just to give you an idea about myself. Okay. Um, if I don't enjoy something while I'm doing it, I cannot perform well. I, in one part, uh, one part of my life, at one point, in academia, so in teaching and research and all of that, I reached a stage because I was not enjoying my work. I was not seeing like the joy of self-development, of improvement, of interaction, of, you know, realizing my potential and all of that. So I, I thought I was not good at it. You know, I saw, I thought maybe it's not something for me. So then when I started doing what I am preaching, right? Like when I started working on entrepreneurship, when I started consulting for uh, family businesses, when I started consulting for sustainability, when I saw the impact that I can have on society, it brought me so much happiness. It gave me so much drive. And like, I realized, no, no, George, you are good. You are so good, actually, you know, but it's the thing you need to love it. Otherwise, you cannot do it. And that's how right. I tell you about the anal analogy about bodybuilding as well, right? Bodybuilding, man, when people go on prep, right? When they prep for a contest, yeah. it's, they call it diet, right? It's not a diet. It's controlled starvation, okay? <laughs> so you are kind of controlling. It's your body dying, you know, when you see naturals that have all these uh, beautiful bodies, uh, six packs, whatever. These guys yeah. have very tough life. You know, testosterone is down, uh, all the hormones are out of whack, uh, <laughs> they do cardio every morning, they uh, train every day, maybe two times a day, all the kind of supplements, uh, multivitamins, pre-workouts, all of that. And if these people don't love what they do, they will not free step on stage to maybe gain two, three thousand dollars if they win, you know? So you need to Which love is it. insane because you, you need to love it. Of course, I, I actually started this podcast. I was at a place where I was really, very confused and I had a business that was making money, but in my heart, I really, really wanted to do this. And that was kind of my passion. So I said to myself, look, if you're not doing something you love on the long run, you're going to fail. It's just a fact. You're, you're not going to. Succeed. So how important is it for someone watching 
who's maybe a successor of a business, right? In a family business or, or whatever, yeah. to love what they do. Yeah, so I will tell you first in general, and then I will move to the specific case of family businesses okay. because this is something that I do, Yani, I know a lot of about. So okay. uh, in general, man, I think for everyone, for all your listeners, regardless if they are from a family business or not, I think mm -hmm. your priority, and I'm talking really to everyone, your priority should be your well-being, your happiness, and your comfort in whatever you are doing. And don't listen to anyone that, needs, that tells you you need to work hard, you need to be miserable, you need to... No, 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 no. Even if you want to invest, right? Don't save on the Starbucks uh, or whatever kind of coffee place that you uh, want to go to. Don't save and uh, not go out with your friends or not go out to the party. Don't do that. Don't say like, no, prioritize your well-being. Prioritize your happiness. Okay, that's very important. And part of prioritizing your well-being and happiness is your need for achievement. Everybody has, has it. If you give me now uh, $100 million and you tell me, okay, live your comfortable life, I'm sure I will find something. I will go to bodybuilding again. I will go and do a prep because I need an achievement. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I need something and everybody needs something. So find where you can achieve. Everybody has an edge. I believe it. Everybody has an edge. Everybody has something to give. Find where is your edge? Where is your core competency? Develop it. Love it. Mm. And work, work on it. That's one. In the case of family businesses, that's a different story. So in family businesses, can I pause you? Can I pause yeah, you here? Ahead. Sorry to interrupt because I had a quote. We'll come back to the family business. I just had a quote that I wanted to tell you that I read yesterday that said the superheroes you have in your mind are walking flaws who've maximized one or two strengths. Can you go again? Just uh, I think it's a very deep quote that I need to think about. <laughs> the superheroes you have in your mind, the idols, the, the superstars, the celebrities, are walking flaws who've maximized one or two strengths. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And we were talking about this actually also, me and you. You have to be obsessed. Yeah. If you want to be successful, you have to be obsessed. And maybe today you're obsessed about finance, right? Maybe tomorrow you're yeah. obsessed about entrepreneurship. But you need to have this time in your life where you are obsessed with this thing. And this is how you're going to excel. And once you achieve, okay, you, you go to the next obsession. If you want to be special, if you want to achieve something, or if you want to live like a normal life, uh, you know, uh, go to school, go to job, get salary and, uh, you know, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe it's your calling and it's okay. And I'm happy for you. But for people that are a bit crazy like us, I think we, are, we have this uh, obsession and we like to achieve. It's just a need for achievement. The need for achievement now. The obsession is kind of a double-edged sword because we talked before about well-being, but as an obsessive, sometimes it goes against your well-being. So how do you make sure to, to balance? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I was just experiencing <laughs> this uh, today, you know, like now you're talking to me as if I have figured it out, right? Like, no, I'm a work in progress as well, you know, so... Uh, 
today I was uh, also doing some cardio and uh, mm -hmm. I opened YouTube for some educational videos about uh, finances and entrepreneurship and all of that because I like mm -hmm. to listen a lot. And then I'm listening and like, oof, I cannot listen anymore. So I just turned off the video, you know, put some music and I said like, today is just uh, an off day. I cannot handle it anymore. I cannot handle all this information. So it's good to take a break, you know, but take a break strategically, you know, like mm. know when to take a break, when to, it's, uh, it's a journey. Well, it's a journey. It's such a journey. And Anna, exactly like you said, it gets to a point where, man, I need a break. <laughs> because it gets too much sometimes if you're not prioritizing the sustainability aspect of being an obsessive high performer. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, also one good advice that I've heard, I think, either through Instagram or TikTok or something. So yeah. he, it was, I, he's not very well known, but he was saying that you should be your own best friend. Imagine that your best friend is telling you all these things. How would you react? Instead of saying, because we have this little voice in our heads that, okay, no, it's not enough. You need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. But if you told this to your best friend, he's like, you know, chill. You did a lot. So chill. He's not your best friend anymore. <laughs> he's not your best friend anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, so be, true. Um, so be nice to yourself, kind of. Yeah, be, be nice to yourself. And uh, it doesn't mean that you are slacking or anything. It means mm. that, okay, you know, like you appreciate your, it, it goes back to this self-confidence versus arrogance, right? So self-confidence mm. means like, okay, wow, you did a lot, you know, like, for example, I <laughs> have to underestimate also my achievements, you know, like, you know, like how I, I was very successful as a researcher, as a professor and all of that. And then uh, once I reached the peak, more or less, uh, this is how my brain works, right? He's like, it doesn't matter all what, of what you did. It doesn't matter. Show me how you can do it in entrepreneurship. Show me how you can do it in real life. What, what assets do you have in the assets column? How many assets are generating uh, you money? And then I need to step back also, take a step back and say like, okay, you know, like these achievements count. You know, uh, it's very nice to put it on your profile. Relax, George. You're starting to learn about it. So don't be so hard on yourself. Imagine you are still in grade one. So relax, you know. That's so important because I don't believe, because we talked about the foolish entrepreneur, right? right? The arrogant that just is going really hard on himself. That's just not sustainable. And he's going to maybe sprint and then he's going to stop. Absolutely. He's going to get into a wall. And if we're now approaching it from a more wise entrepreneur, that's the humble leader, here it's important also to take the strategic breaks, like you said. And the sustainable aspect of it is extremely important, in my opinion. And I, that's what I realized recently is, no, man, I cannot push uh, 16 hours a day like a psychopath. Like, you can't do this. It's just not doable on the long term. Yeah, you can do it for one day, right? But then your <laughs> brain doesn't, will not allow you. It's like, I, lo I love your uh, name on, uh, on Instagram, which is mentally great, right? So yeah. it's like, it's so important, like our mental health, 
uh, knowing what happened in our childhood and how this affected us. I'm sure, you know, wow, this need for achi- yeah, bro. Like, I'm sure this need for achievement that I have is coming from somewhere. You know, somewhere in my. Childhood. How do you think? How do you think your childhood affected you being a high achiever as you are today? I think because I was an underachiever, you know, I was, uh, but this was uh, a strategy. I really believe that every person is very smart since they are children, right? At school, I was, I really didn't care about the subjects that they were teaching us at school. You know, I really didn't give any care (laughs) for the lack of a better word, right? (laughs) About it. I didn't want to waste, like, in my head, in my child head, it was like, if I have energy, I don't want to put it in this. I want to put it in football. I want to put it in something else, you know? So, uh, then everybody used to say, uh, you know, like, George doesn't care. George uh, cannot do it. So, this is a drive for me that, okay, you think that I cannot? Look, when I'm interested in something, look what I can do. Let me show you when yeah, I let me, like let something. Me yeah, yeah, let me show you. And um, like a lot of other things that are uh, deep. And I think because um, like I don't want to talk badly because it wasn't said in a bad way. But for mm-hmm. example, in my family, it was like because my father is very high achiever. So... Mm-hmm. You know, the Lebanese mentality. So they used to say, um, we hope that you will be half of what your father uh, is. And that would be great. So I had this kind of implicit competition that I need to show that I can I can do it. I can be more. I can, I can, I can. So I think it affected me when, uh, when I grew up. Even though, like, my family is great. They are awesome, very supportive. Even when in my underachieving uh, uh, years, they Stage. were like, yeah, like, whatever, you know, uh, it's fine, you know, uh, no judgmental, non-judgmental and everything. But yeah, this, I think, affected me a lot. I can relate to this so much because um, I also was an underachiever at school. I didn't care at all. Literally, I would go just to see friends. <laughs> and... Then my dad was also very tough and very much of a disciplinarian. And so from there, I think it really affected, you know, it's in me, it's programmed that I have to achieve. Um, Now what I'm learning is that, okay, you have to achieve in a sustainable way where you don't (laughs) become mentally unwell, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Yeah, relax, relax. And you know, like, if you know about this law of attraction and all of that. I love the law of attraction. Man, it's, I've experienced it in my life. And one of the basic principles, if you want something, ask the universe for it. And Anna, I related a lot to Christianity, right? I related a lot to yeah. my beliefs in uh, Christianity. And mm-hmm. uh, what, it's also what we have discussed earlier. You know, Jesus tells you, like, why you should worry about tomorrow if the birds are fed, right? You shouldn't worry about tomorrow. And the law of attraction tells you something similar. It tells you if you want something, just ask for the the universe for it and relax. Don't think about it. 
let it come to you. So mm. I really believe in that also. I love this because I was recently was watching The Chosen, which is a series on Netflix about the life of Jesus, which if you haven't watched, you should 100% watch if you're into Christianity and you, you want to learn more. And in, in it, he said, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Everything that you want will come in time. And yesterday, I was talking to Jado, who facilitated this conversation between us. And I had, man, this point literally enlightened something in me. He took the disciples and put them in groups of two and sent them to different cities. Right. And he said, you're not bringing money with you. You're not bringing an bringing, uh, extra pair of shorts or T-shirts. You're going there and you're going to rely on on the Father, the universe, right. right? And so they went and they did everything they said. They preached, they healed, which is amazing. You see it in the movie. It's so beautiful. And they were supported. They came back and they were, like you said, the birds were fed. Man, it's so powerful. It's so powerful what you are saying. And, you know, like, it's not that we are, I think... Me and you, right, uh, Fouad, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not that we have figured it out. And now, like, we've stopped the podcast and we have no worries and everything good <laughs> comes to us, you know, and we are living in Nirvana. It's not like that. We face struggles. But at the same time, yeah. we have this, we have, like, for me, at least, Jesus is like my best friend, you know, is like someone that lives with me. And especially Jesus, like, I don't... Even though I love the saints and every uh, everyone else, but for me, like I have a special relationship with Jesus, and mm -hmm. it's not that okay. He's my best friend, so uh, oh my God, everything good will come to me, and I don't care. No, I doubt. I doubt that he even uh, is next to me. I doubt that uh, things will come to me. But next to the doubt, there is this confidence, and this is a continuous struggle that you will live with. And you need to accept it and you need to live with it. And even Peter, you know, he doubted Jesus. Mm. So don't be so hard on yourself if you doubt, you know, like it's fine. Uh, um, you reminded me of the scene where Peter was, uh, Jesus was walking on water and Peter was in the boat and Jesus said, come, uh, Jesus said to him, do not doubt. And he yeah. said, if this is really you, if I jump in the water and he, he told him, have faith. Have, you know, the message was have faith. Yeah, but it's true. All that you're saying is 100% true. My, my, our life is surely not perfect. We're all works in in progress, and I have come to realize more and more that I don't know anything. You know, there's always things to learn. Man, and this is the beauty of life that. Once you think that you figured out things, you discover something else. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's the, the most beautiful thing. Uh, uh, so, sorry uh, to interrupt you, Fouad, but uh, really just because you brought this uh, topic up. Yeah. That, you know, and me and you, we are, you are, how old are you? Um, 22. 22? I'm 33. But, uh, you know, like we are, we are young, we are, we like to go out, we like, you know, to have fun and all of that. And, throughout my life i always had faith in god and in jesus but this mm. went up and down up and down so my values right in life like what 
how I should act according to what I believe in also fluctuated, mm. right? So, and I like to go out, have fun, you know, uh, enjoy my life in all ways possible. But throughout my life, whenever I deviated mm. from what God preaches, so whenever I did something that, let's say, I would not be proud of. I regret it. Throughout my life, I had like up and downs, right? Uh, it's not with faith, but with following. So, mm. yani, just to give you an example, like if you go out, for example, and you have like many women interested in you and all of that, you get a dopamine rush, right? You you are like, oof, wow, look at me, you know, I can do whatever I want. I'm, I'm so great, you know? But once you follow on this dopamine uh, dopamine-inducing behavior, you know, you will feel badly afterwards. You will feel a sense of emptiness. You will feel a sense... So I think what God gave us in the Bible is a guide for well-being. Because mm. if you have, for example, someone that you are comfortable with, that that you really have feelings towards, you know, that you feel a genuine connection with, that gives you a sense of peace and that's the difference between dopamine excitement and uh, thrill and blah 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 and oxytocin which is chill which is like peace which is very important wow that's so beautiful because especially as an entrepreneur we're after the achievement the dopamine rush of achieving something best faith Without faith, it's hard to, to have peace within the journey. Man, like I, I gave this uh, example actually to my students uh, when I was talking about sustainability. I told them, like, even if you are the best entrepreneur in, in the world, right? You know, when will you be, when you, will you feel the happiest? Is when you make money and give back. Yani, look at your life, Fad. I'm sure you gave someone something in your life. How will, how did this make you feel? It's one of the most beautiful feelings. It becomes, um, you want to give more and more and more. It's it's so beautiful, man. And like this is how God create. Why do we have this? Why why when you gave someone, you felt like this? It's a mechanism. It's like when you are hungry and you ate, you feel satisfied. Right? Mm. So it's an inbuilt mechanism. So God created us to do good. To serve and love. Yeah, to serve and love. And this is why, you know, like when you give love, when you give, well, yani, the basic thing that Jesus told us that forgive others, right? And we think like, oh, forgiving others, uh, it means that we are so nice and blah, blah. No, no, no. It's not about being nice. But when you forgive someone for, so, for something that he or she did badly to you, first you are releasing yourself from the negative energy. And uh, I don't know if you... There is a book actually that talks about it. Um, it's about energies and all of that. And they say like whenever you have negative energies, it reduces your strength. So it's tested. 
So you are relieving yourself from the negative energy. And second, you are releasing positive energy into the universe that will get back to you in some way or form. I love this. I love this so much. To come back to the point of family business, I think that relates also because in fam family business, sometimes there's conflicts, right? And I think this, the power of forgiveness and faith is really, and religion is powerful in, in, here, in, in this aspect. What do you think of this? Yeah, man. So uh, to go back to the topic, it's of a deep question. And you were asking me about succession, right? And uh, so let me cover first the topic of succession, mm -hmm. which you asked me about. Uh, yeah, and I know what I tell successors yeah. is that you need to understand that you can enjoy the perks of being an owner of the family business in terms of receiving a dividend, receiving yeah. a part of the share, a distribution of the share without being involved in the business. So if you are an owner of like $10 million business, right? And uh, it's generating a million of cash flow every year, right? 10%, let's say. You can still uh, take out 300,000. You know, you go enjoy your life. Don't be involved in the business. If you don't want to, it's fine. Go do something that you like and enjoy the perks. You know, to get back to your point about the power of forgiveness, man, it's, it's in every religion. If you look at uh, Islam, if you look at Judaism, if you look at Buddhism, you know, they, they are giving, God is giving you through religion, a guide for your well-being. You can see a lot of conflicts resolved when people listen to each other, when people see that the other is not trying to screw me over. The other is trying to protect because what is conflict? It's two people trying to protect themselves because they are thinking that the other is is hurting them or whatever. Mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. I I believe. I I uh, first of all, I love what we covered already and how it flowed towards religion and faith and and Christianity and Jesus. Um, I want to cover also more the decision-making aspect. We talked about intuition before and how important it is to not only have kind of the rational, but also the intuition aspect in the decision. So how, how important do you think it is and what do you think helps to have more intuition to make better decisions? Uh, for us, I think it's one of the most important things that you need to listen to. I've made both types of decisions. Rational decisions where my intuition were, was telling me no, but logically it's a yes. And some decisions, that, some actually events that happened in my life where all circumstances, logical circumstances were, were pointing to Never going to happen. My intuition told me it's going to happen, and it happened. So it's, it goes back to trusting yourself, you know? Like, it's like you... I, I met certain people in my life, right? And the moment I met them, they were super respectful, super loving, uh, ooh, very nice, the best people. I had a bad feeling, right? I don't know why, but it's just a bad feeling. 
I discovered after a week, a month, that my bad feeling was <laughs> correct. You know, I had people, I had people that I had zero relationship with. And it was like not even uh, reconcilable because like a big problem happened. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling, a feeling, a feeling that, okay, it's, uh, it's just temporary and everything is going to uh, work out. And without effort, without anything, the things come together. So I, when I went to Barcelona to study, right? Every, everything was telling me, stay in Lebanon, you know, stay in Lebanon. Uh, we had a lot of money, you know, like we, uh, so my, my mom told me like, stay here. I pay you salary. Stay here. Just do, don't do anything. You know? <laughs> so the mom is always trying I, to, to cocoon the child. Yeah. Absolutely. So I swear to God, Fahad, I swear to God, I swear when I, it was mm-hmm. like 2014 or 13, something like this. I had a feeling that. A feeling not based on economic rationality. I was not reading the numbers, not listening to Dan Azzi or listening to any financial expert, just an intuition. I had an intuition. Mm. A big crisis in Lebanon is going to happen inevitably. I will lose everything. If I lose everything, I need to have an asset that will be able to generate money for me. And this asset is my brain. This is what I want to develop because no one can take it away from me. I had this intuition only. I had zero interest of going to to Spain, you know, spending five years in a very small room and reading academic articles that... So I had zero interest in doing that. But it was a feeling and it was a hunch. And when I followed it, I developed my brain. I loved academia. I loved research. I excelled in it. I took so many awards and now I have a very comfortable life because I developed my brain. And all of that was because I listened to the intuition that told me, George, leave. There's something bad happening. Wow. Uh, So you actually left for Barcelona? I left for Barcelona. I spent there four years, one year in the U.S. and then came back to Lebanon. And your intuition was the the trigger point for that, those chain of positive events. Yeah, it was actually my intuition and every, every decision, man, that I made, like, I, mm-hmm. I can tell you like tons of stories, you know, about intuition. Tell me your me favorite. <laughs> like, uh, intuition driving behavior. Because they are, there's no favorite one because they are all small things, you know, that yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. the biggest one was my, my, my trip abroad, but it's, it's like a feeling, you know, a feeling. Mm. I had a feeling that I need to go to the U.S., right? When I was mm-hmm. in Barcelona and it was not in my agenda. I said, no way I'm going to go to the U.S. I don't want to go on the airplane and spend like eight hours in the, in the airplane just to reach <laughs> there. I don't want, I don't have the energy. A chain of okay. I had a feeling that I will go there. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah. Even though I didn't want it, it didn't make uh, sense. Sense on paper. Yeah, on paper, on my uh, on my lot. Like I want to be comfortable. I don't want to uh, go to a new place. <laughs> yeah. Then a chain of event happened, 
and which mm-hmm. led me, you know, to go to the U.S. within like one month or so. That's so beautiful because I believe being part, being a wise entrepreneur is a combination of so many things. Intuition is such a powerful aspect in decision making, and once you trust it, even if it do- doesn't make sense on paper, like your journey is the proof. Like you, you, it leads you to your greatness. That's what a friend of mine, a mentor, says. Man, it's so true. And uh, you know, like uh, I told you about all these stories about intuition, right? Yeah. You, you know, I still don't trust it one hundred percent. Same. <laughs> Man, and it's important to put it out there because people will listen to us, right? For us. And yeah. say, wow, look at these guys. Wow. Their, their <laughs> lives is so no no. We we are not we are telling you sharing experiences. But we're sharing the highlights. Yeah, I, I have an intuition about something in my personal life now. And it's this very strong intuition and I tell it to everyone uh, that I know. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But I still because it did not materialize. I still did, do, do not like trust it 100%. So it's, I, I th- but I learned to trust my intuition more. And especially now, like lately, you know, with the gold prices, now the gold, I also work on the stock market. So the gold went up to 2090. Mm-hmm. I had a position opened at one, 1,990. And it reached like 2,040 and I felt it's going to go up. I felt it, but mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to close my position because uh, khalas, it's a good profit. Why should I trust my intuition? You know, so I don't really <laughs> trust it like 100%, you know, but the more I trust it, the more I try it. And the more I talk about it now with you, for example, it gives mm. me more confidence to trust it. It's like that a friend and you trust it more and more with the small, the more you trust the small things, you trust them more and more and then. Heck, and I perceive it. Do you, do you feel that way too? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, but, but it's a friend that you doubt so much. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's a friend that is showing you, like, you know, I am your best friend. I am helping you. And you're like, hmm, what do you want out of me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? Do you feel like, to come back to religion, do you feel like that's the, the, the sign from the Holy Spirit that guides you? Yeah, uh, also there is, um, there is a priest also that talks about guardian angels. And mm. um, I mean, we, we never know, right? Uh, but l- listen, also, it's very good that you brought it up. And I think, you know, there is something happening here, you know, because <laughs> recently, just recently, I swear to you, Fuad, it's like mm. two or three weeks ago, not, not even two weeks ago. Right. Mm. It's the first time in my life that I say when I'm praying, I said, Holy Spirit, please help me to talk with Jesus and to be able to communicate with him. And I had a 10 minute conversation or even more with Jesus. One way conversation. Right. It's me talking and imagining him next to me. And it was the most, and now I'm, I'm getting goosebumps, right? So it was the most meaningful. I felt so much positive energy and things that I used to worry about. And the same day, I swear to you, Fuad, 
they unfolded perfectly. And this is where I asked the Holy Spirit the first time in my life, I asked the Holy Spirit to help me pray. Wow. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Man, it's, it, it, was, it was such an experience, honestly. I have, I, I love this, by the way. I love what you just said and where this conversation is going. Um, if you want to keep going, we can keep going. But if you have something, of course, I understand and we can pause it here if the time is done. Um, but what do you prefer? No, I'm enjoying, man, honestly. <laughs> so, for example, the Holy Spirit and, and religion, like, I don't feel my life is worth living without it. This is genuinely a belief I have. I know, yes, you can achieve as an entrepreneur, you can achieve these huge things and get the temporary relief and then fall back into another obsession. But if you don't have the divine that fills your cup, then you know, these things are not... Yes, uh, man, you are so lucky that you came to this realization at this age, and I'm so impressed, you know? Yani, at your age, and I was all over the place, so uh, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I had to, because, you uh, know, religion, I, I, man, you feel it. You feel the... It, it fills you. Hey? You feel a sense of peace, of joy, of love, and I think it's so important and recently I've been becoming more and more I pray more in the morning I pray more before I eat before I sleep and you just feel connected to God you feel connected to the source uh, you know it's so beautiful so beautiful absolutely man it's like everyone has his way of praying so anti you do this to pray right like uh, I I just talk you know for five ten minutes and it's not that you know i i stand there and i need to go to church every sunday and do all these things and like no no no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm i'm chill you know i'm chill but i i follow what the bible tells me in terms of treating other people about in terms of helping in terms of you know in terms of being a decent human being and it's not easy man like it's very powerful when, when you say you know like it's so powerful because the can you translate I know yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm uh, probably a, a third grader in Arabic so <laughs> right. so it's like uh, don't lead us into temptation right so mm. don't lead us into temptation it's like temptation is there man like it's all all over the place but you know when you succumb to temptation when you yeah. you say okay i'm gonna go and, and do it and blah 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 which you know it's it's gonna give you joy it's gonna give you dopamine rush it's gonna give you like a sense of uh, wow you are so great you are pleasure so, I mean, yeah the pleasure yeah but the crash that comes out the consequences are bad and this is like this mm. is the analogy of eve and the apple you know like you're gonna eat the apple, but eat it the right way because I want you to be uh, to, not to have stomach pain after. But she wants to eat it and to have stomach pain after because she's stubborn, <laughs> you know? They, they don't be stubborn, like follow, like relax, follow it, and you will see benefits. Because if you really like ask everyone, ask uh, your friends that go and get drunk at the party, and it's wow, the ma- most amazing party ever, how will they wake up the next day? 
Oh, I'm mm. over. Oh, what did I do yesterday? Uh, two days to, you know, it's, it's, it's the laws of the universe. How do you think that, especially in today's, in, in, you, you teach students that are around my age, right? 18 to 24, that's the right. range? Yeah, yeah, most. Okay, I mean, so you how? You know, I interact with many students, so I have like very old students. And uh, mm. in my consulting, you know, like I interact also with uh, like 60s. So, okay. uh, and I have the, the youth, which like are the undergrads and all of that. Okay. And how, you know, especially now with, as you said, like, you know, there's so much room and so much availability for short-term gratification. Instant dopamine rush from a party, from alcohol, from a drug, from a cigarette, from... There's so many ways to get that instant gratification that afterwards makes you feel like shit, which is just a fact. How much do you think religion and faith and Jesus has helped you to, to, to have the more sustainable peace rather than the short hit of whatever? Uh, bro, Fuad, I love your question. Honestly. Uh, man, th- in this small book that Jesus gave us, the Bible, really, it's a genius. Uh, it's a genius book. And because I see every part of my life, I can see it there. So you know the story about the son that uh, went to party and left his dad and then he came back to his dad? No, I don't know it. Okay, so... In the Bible, the, Jesus talks about two sons, right? One uh, that uh, stayed with his father, uh, did whatever his father wants. And, uh, okay, you know, like, I am, uh, whatever you say, I will be nice, blah, blah, blah. And the other was rebellious. He said, like, no, I can do things on my own. I can, uh, I can thrive on my own. Leave me alone. I want to go party. I want to go do this, do that, do that. So he went, right? And he did all this. And mm-hmm. he lived his life. And it's, it relates 100%. It relates 100% to what I have experienced. So I, I went and I lived my life. And I was, you know, like the typical... Uh, I was an academic and all of that. But outside academia, I was the typical bad boy, right? Uh, and then I saw that... Is the, I, I had a talk with myself, like, is this you, George, or are you trying to prove something? Or are you trying to fill up an insecurity? Is this... Because I, I used to be with Jesus, you know? I used to be with, within the Bible. But then I, I went and I had, in every step, even the, the bad boy stage, let's say, steps, I had something that was telling me, you... That's not you, man. Like, that's some, someone else. And then I also went back to Jesus, just as the story said. And the, in the story of Jesus, he said, like, when the son came back, the father opened his arms for him, and he was destroyed. Um, it lasts. So, I was so interested in hearing, and then it just, <laughs> just stopped. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about I, the bad boy phase, the bad boy phase, and then uh, after that, I barely heard. 
Uh, I had a voice in my head mm-hmm. uh, that was telling me that George is not you. It's you. You are trying to fill an insecurity. You are trying to prove to yourself or to society that you are mm. so great, that you are so special, blah blah blah, because you feel deep inside that you are not, and that's an insecurity. And I had also another voice that that's not what how I was kind of raised and this is not my values this is not what i believe in and mm-hmm. it's just like in the story of jesus like the the guy the the second son came back to his father and he was like uh, destroyed he was in dirt he he lost everything all his money and all of that and the father welcomed him and gave him clothes and tell him, told him like welcome back I opened my arms for you. And it's so beautiful, man, because when I went back to my own values, to things that I really appreciate and to basically like values that are good, values that are about family, about, you know, uh, about creating a positive impact. I saw that God, I felt that God did not judge me. He told me like, in my head, he told me, like, I was a human too, and I got a, to be a human to feel the temptation that you felt. And I understand that whenever temptation, you fell for it, but I'm happy that you came back. And this is what I felt, honestly. Wow, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Because, you know, we're so afraid to come back to religion. You know, when we're young, we're taught, you know, you go to church, you don't really know why you're there, but you just listen right. to the you're just there, then as you grow up, you get into temptation. And then the beauty of it is God is, his arms are always open for you to come back. Even if you sin, even if you fall into temptation, you know, it's beautiful. And and yeah, for us, like, you know, like what I mean, I mean, both of us, I think we have a similar mindset, but it doesn't mean that we don't do mistakes. We make mistakes like, you know, today I made mistakes, you know, in terms of that. But it's just the amount of the mistake is like less. The uh, inclination to to follow your values. And so important, man, values. So important. They are so important. Yeah, so true. And, and it's always a place, a refuge, come in. Because we all make mistakes, right? No. Uh, we are all walking flaws that we're trying to improve. Right. And we can always come back and repent and ask for forgiveness and, and pray to God to, to guide us in the right way. And that's what I find so beautiful. And no, I always make mistakes. I get angry. I get pissed. I know we all do. Right. But um, there's always the open hand that's there to, to love you and to forgive you and to teach you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And let it goes back also to entrepreneurship, you know, like I really, yeah. I really think so, you know, entrepreneurship is about learning from your mistakes and it's not about like doing the mistake once. It's about repeating the mistake until you learn from it and forgiving yourself, you know, not being so hard on yourself. Second, entrepreneurship is about values. It's about the entrepreneur gives the successful entrepreneur gives value to society and society rewards him with money based on the value that he brought so Mm. man i'm telling you like really it's a circle it's like a necklace 
if one part of the necklace is not there, the necklace is, falls uh, falls down. This the same thing. It's all connected. It's all connected. Wow, I think we're gonna end on this because it's the the most powerful point. Um, first of all, George, thank you so much for sharing everything and for being so vulnerable and so honest and so nice. Uh, I'm not sur- I'm kind of not surprised because I read the what your students said about you and they talked about how much of an incredible teacher you were, how passionate you were, how considerate, how you made people want to learn. And I think that's a very special quality in a teacher because if, if you are not you know, passionate and, and wanting to, to help the student, then who, how is the student going to be from Chazde? So I, I really love that in you. And when Jado told me about you and how you teach, I just I was like, let's do it. Let's have this conversation. And I just loved how this conversation went. And so thank you so, so, so much for your time. And where can people find you if they want to connect or share their uh, their journey with you or anything else? So uh, I'm on LinkedIn, of course, at George Samara. And uh, okay. yeah, I mean, I'm open. Like if anyone has any question or any, any need for help, like... Uh, very happy to answer any uh, any query in any platform. That's amazing. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna include all the links in the description, and they can click it and, and talk to you right away. Um, but yeah, I just loved how we covered entrepreneurship, religion, faith, uh, literally the whole uh, the whole necklace, like you said, and how it all links up. I just love it. Uh, Fuad, uh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed uh, the conversation, and really, you are a natural. So, uh, you, you remember we we talked about bringing out value. I think you brought like more value than I ever have expected. Uh, <laughs> I I really congratulate you first for being an entrepreneur by heart and following your dreams and believing in yourself. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy journey. Uh, second, I, I congratulate you for the level of maturity, for the strength, for the confidence, for uh, everything that you are doing. And we were talking about entrepreneurs giving value. I think you are bringing a lot of value to the youth. And really, like this, these kind of initiatives are so helpful, especially now that, mm-hmm. you know, some people are all over the place. And having such podcasts, such information... Uh, such prioritization of uh, being mentally well and mentally great, you know, is so important. And uh, really congratulations on all of this. Thank you so much, Anjad. I appreciate it so much. And I am just grateful for this conversation and I'm grateful for your time. And hopefully in the future, we make it happen live for a part two. Inshallah, <laughs> with, with utmost pleasure. So it is the end of the episode. If you enjoyed, let me know. Give me feedback in the comments. I'm still trying to improve. I know it's not perfect yet. Um, So give me your feedback, your thoughts. And I'm actually thinking of starting a Patreon to support these podcasts. I want to make this the biggest podcast in the world, right? To make happier, high performers global, right? So the purpose of the podcast. And so your help would mean the world. So I'm going to actually launch a Patreon soon. I just wanted to let you know. And if you enjoy this podcast, uh, let me know in the comments what resonated with you and what touched your heart and what you want me to do more of. And that would mean the world to me. 
And yeah, thank you so much for being part of this new episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this. And I hope you got some sort of value from it. And so, yeah, it's been your boy Adi on a new episode of the Rich Inside Podcast. I hope to see you next week on a brand new episode. Much love. Take care of yourself.